Hello my friends, this is Sarah from Weird Horizon Podcast. This week is a very special episode where I'm joined by Cameron from Florida Men on Florida Man Podcast and we're talking some Florida-specific UFO stories as well as some other little UFO uh, tidbits as well. So if that sounds good to you, stick around. So hello, um, this is Sarah from Weird Horizon. So thank you for joining me today. And today I have a special guest with me. I have Cameron from Florida Men on Florida Man podcast. So hi, Cameron. Hey, good to be here. It's nice to see you. It is um, a Sunday morning for me. Uh, it's like quite early in the morning for you, I believe. Yeah, I'm working on my first cup of coffee still. <laughs> I haven't had one, which is probably oh wow the issue. Running, running on fumes here. <laughs> I don't know why I do these things. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about your podcast? I have listened to your podcast and I really, really like it. But just in case anyone doesn't know of it, do you want to give it a little plug now? Yeah, absolutely. So we're the Florida Men on Florida Man podcast. Um, so we're we're three guys based out of Florida. And uh, really what we do is kind of you – know, Florida kind of started getting this bad rap um, a few years ago with Florida Man stories. So I don't know if you've heard of, you know, Florida Man kind of is like – own little character and like always known to do like the craziest stuff like uh you know we, we have guys throwing alligators through through restaurant windows and you know there's a lot of a lot of drugs involved usually um but florida man started getting a bad rap so it, it was like anything crazy that was going on in florida it was like oh well florida man's at it again right and so we kind of decided to lean into it and kind of embrace the wild um nature that is florida and so we started a podcast where, you know, I, I'll do headlines. And so stuff like that, where you have uh, guys throwing, throwing alligators through windows <laughs> or, you know, um, I don't know. I mean, there's a, you know, thousands of stories that we've done, but um, we kind of embrace that. And so I'll do the headlines and then um, our co-host Josh will kind of do stories that are more um, personal to us because we all grew up in Florida. And so we talk about our experiences, uh, in the past and now and everything like that. He always tries to surprise us. And so he'll do like little fun quizzes and things. And then, um, kind of our main segment is our story segment with, with Wayne. And so he does a, um, kind of a main story that is whether history or kind of legends and lore kind of talk about people like inventors. We actually talked this last week, it'll come out, um, this week specifically, but uh, about Thomas Edison, um, mm -hmm. who lived in Florida for a while, I would think like 50 years or something like that. So um, you, we just never know. I mean, there's so many, you know, different people and different stories that come out of Florida. So we just kind of lean into it. And, um, you know, we want to kind of embrace the, the crazy. And uh, we, we love our state. So we that's really kind of what we do is, is, is talk about all things Florida. So check out these guys podcast if you haven't. It is really good fun and like you said you really it's not just the crazy headlines there's a lot of right. like good personal stories there so it's it's not all just like I said people experiencing yeah. really awful experiences um yeah we definitely lead into into that crazy stuff but you know then then we we like to balance it out so you know we and, and I balance it out in my headline section too sometimes and talk about you know the 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 good things that are happening and all that kind of stuff but you know, like I said, Wayne kind of balances out with telling like the historical stuff and like, um, it, you know, some of the historical figures that have come out of Florida and things like that. Interesting. So I think you being from Florida, I think today we're going to explore the Florida angle just a little bit to begin with. I like it. And we're going to be talking about UFOs today, which is one of my absolute favorite things to talk about. I, when I was researching this, I found out that Florida is apparently uh, second in the U.S. for UFO sightings. So it has got the second most UFO sightings in the U.S. I saw, yeah, I have heard that. Yeah. <laughs> have you seen any UFOs? I so I, okay. So I was this is funny. I was talking to my wife about you know this going on this podcast and kind of telling her a little bit what we were going to be um talking about and she said well you remember that time that we were driving this is funny because we uh wayne and i and our wives were driving on we were going to uh, a vacation in saint augustine florida and so we were on our way there and we hadn't even released our first episode of the podcast 
but we were actually listening to it in the car. Like our very first episode, we were just kind of showing them basically before we released it. And uh, we all had this like UFO sighting on the way uh, to this trip to St. Augustine. And she's like, you, you, do you remember seeing that UFO on the way? We were listening to your first podcast and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, I didn't remember. I I, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. But, you know, I don't, I don't remember like the details of it. I mean, we all saw something unexplainable and I guess that's really at the heart of what yeah. it is. But um, I don't, outside of that, I don't know. I mean, I guess, yes, but nothing like, no, like I've, I've probably seen things that I'm like, I wonder what that is, but nothing noteworthy, like experience, if, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. I, I feel like I'm the same. I think um, one, that's more experience than I've ever had because like one, you, you saw something and you agree with others that you saw something. And also right. the fact that you kind of forget about it over time is a hallmark of uh, sort of classic UFO sightings. But, like, honestly, I think I just don't look up at the sky very often. True. (laughs) That sounds so stupid. You're not going to find them if you're not looking up, I guess, right? (laughs) No. The amount of times I think things could be above me and I I just wouldn't know because I'm not really, I'm not looking in the right spaces. Um, That's an argument, actually, that during COVID, because a lot more people were stuck in their homes and not really doing anything there was a massive spike in ufo sightings and one of the arguments Uh is well yeah just people have got more time on their hands and they're just spending more time looking at the sky yeah actually that's funny yeah i mean it makes sense but it does it's just so simple (laughs) so maybe there's something about florida that means people are spending more time looking at the sky well i mean i guess it, it does make sense if you think about it um people being on beaches you know, and they're kind of looking out on the horizon, maybe, and maybe that's an ex- explanation where they're seeing stuff more so off the coast. Oh, definitely, uh, that's definitely a space I think where you you spend more time just looking out at yeah. nature in general and more extended periods of time as well. So, yeah, I think if you're on a beach, you do spend quite a bit of time just looking at nothing. Um, but yeah, so Florida, second most reported. Um, for UFO sightings in the nation. So according to the National UFO Reporting Center. So California is the only one beating you, apparently. And it's always California. We're always, always we're always fighting with California for the number one spot in things. Well, it equates to, if you're interested, about seven and a half thousand reported cases that have been reported to National UFO Reporting Center, um, which hmm. is about around about 35 per 100,000 people. Um, So your chances are about 1 in 2,800, roughly, of having a reportable UFO sighting in Florida. Now, is this this every year, or is this, like, just total? That is since they started gathering statistics, which obviously they're not, they haven't been gathering statistics for a very long time. The UFO community is not massively old. It's really only... 75 years or so but yeah so your chances of seeing a ufo according to at least these guys statistics are you know not inconsiderable to be honest definitely if you know 2800 people <laughs> someone out there has got a reportable sighting well i mean you've seen something so yeah i mean, it, yeah it, it, i guess it is kind of interesting now that you say it like the fact that all four of us saw something that we didn't know what it was it's interesting that, um, like you said, you didn't, you kind of forgot about it over time. Because I said that's one of the, you know, for a good or bad reason, that's one of the hallmarks that people associate with UFO sightings, especially UFO encounters, like the idea that the memory sort of doesn't stay in your mind. So you have to consciously get that back. That's not going to stick in everyone's mind. You're not going to be like, hmm, that's strange. And then I'll remember that for the next 30 or 40 years. But some people I, do, clearly. I, I feel like if you if you had gotten a, you know, a picture or a video, you, I think you would spend way more time thinking about it because then you start analyzing. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You're, you're zooming in. You're trying to explain it to yourself. So, like, naturally you're giving it more thought. So Yeah, you're just looking at it over and over again, setting it off to people. 
Yeah, if it's like half a second uh, and you see something, then you're trying to explain it to yourself. Did I actually, you know, like what what did I see? Like it was, It's sometimes it's not even enough time to register a thought. It's, that's interesting. I, I would never even thought to report something. I wouldn't know where to report it to until I started researching this. Like, you know, a year ago, I wouldn't, like, who would I ring if I saw something in the sky? Like, do you ring the police or... Like, right. I guess it depends on what you think it is. Like early on, uh, the assumptions are immediately towards like, well, this is some sort of military threat from from right. abroad. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ring, you know, nearest military base or whatever like that. We're gonna talk a little bit about a sort of Florida uh, UFO researcher called Denise Stoner. So she is of Orlando, Florida, and she had um, quite a long history of alien experience but like alien abduction experience so she goes one step beyond just saying that she's seen the ufo but she claims to have had this sort of abduction interaction with um aliens multiple times throughout her life and she is mm. a florida native she runs i believe a group for people to go who have had um interactions with aliens so if you believe you've been abducted or you believe you may have had this sort of sighting or something that you don't quite know how to cope with because you don't really know what support systems are in place um you can go to her she has a book on the subject which is co-authored with kathleen marden who is another expert in the field called abduction files the most startling cases of human alien contact ever reported so for Denise, she was on a road trip with her husband when she noticed above the car some strange sort of lights that seemed to be following her. So it's a very kind of familiar story. But what clued her into the fact that she might have experienced something a bit more interesting is that she suffered from missing time, which is when you have a sort of blank space in your conscious recall. So you seem to just have lost a couple of hours in your day. I'll do a little quote for you. So the next thing Denise and Ed realized, they were out of the valley entirely. So this was happening when they were in a trip in Colorado. So what's more, it was no longer daylight as it had been only seconds earlier. The sky was now dark and it was almost 11 p.m. Ed quickly calculated that they had covered almost 40 miles with no memory and they had lost almost four hours. Even stranger, despite them being 40 miles from their previous location when the lights had arrived, the trip odometer had not registered those miles. It was as if they'd been picked up and placed 40 miles down the road and set back on their way. So they were just, it seems to them as if their car was just, yeah, plucked off of the road and just plopped down. And then in those intermediate hours, who knows what happened? That, the odometer thing is like throws me off yeah that that's interesting it's little things like that when there seems to be just a, a little bit of evidence like a you know a watch has stopped or a clock seems to be behaving weird or yeah things like odometers things that you expect to kind of passively measure the passage of time for you and when they're interrupted yeah it's not like something that you can you can't stop your odometer from working no it just kind of does it so I can't it's imagine weird. losing four hours. Yes. And just suddenly it, you know, it's dark. Like I said, it was daylight. And then when they sort of come to, it's the middle of the night. So in that four hours, in their eyes, any absolutely anything could have happened. And there's no sort of, it's like they've just been taken out of their timeline and put back in, which is, yes, mm. very creepy. And um, like I said, the odometer thing would be the one thing that would that one thing that would get me because I'm thinking if I'm driving late at night I'm likely to be pretty tired it's quite easy to get kind of disoriented and you don't want to think that you know you could fall asleep for four hours but your brain can get confused pretty easy in those situations but the odometer thing is just I don't understand how that could have happened and the way that she got a bit more information about this which is a it's a debated tactic, but it's used a lot of the time with abduction accounts, is she went through something called hypnotic regression. And through that, they sort of managed to flesh out what's happened in these instances of missing time, because it wasn't the only time she'd had this happen to her. She said, oh, like, really? it would happen, yeah, it would happen 
while she was driving on her own, while she was with other people, while she was just walking along the street, she would find, suddenly realise that she'd lost some time. And then obviously up until that point, she was thinking, okay, well, it's just me. There's something about, oh. you know, how I'm recording, how I'm recalling time. So she goes through the hypnotic regression and they kind of flesh out this narrative of what's been happening to her. They sort of link it to some experiences she had as a child where she would have these very vivid dreams or what she thought was dreams at that time of aliens like or entities coming through the walls of her bedroom and then taking her through and onto a weird craft. Okay, don't like that. No, I... Yeah, that's going to be a no for me. I hate that. Um, but yeah, she just chalked them up to very vivid dreams. But then mm. when they go through this regression, try and access this bit of time that is missing from her recall. But the idea is that it's subconsciously it's there. So if you know how to get someone into the right sort of suggestive mind space, you can recall information that they have consciously sort of suppressed. And then they bring out all of these details about Yes, them sort of entering onto a craft and being subject to all of these weird med medical examinations. And it links up with this stuff that she remembered as a child. And she's moved since then. So it implies that there's, it's something's continued for her life as if someone's sort of following her wherever she moves and then right. doing some long term experiments on her. Why her? Yes, why her? Like, um, and like I said, she just tries to reach out with people who have got similar experiences and try and bring some sort of legitimacy to, you know, the field because a lot of people like to just dismiss it as just a bunch of crazy people. But she's trying to say, like, look, this is something that I experienced and other people have experienced and it needs to be treated with some respect, whether, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. So she was like in the back of the car. She was kind of napping a little bit because they're on a on a long journey. But then this seems to happen to both of them. And then obviously it sort of stuck in his mind a bit because of all the strange stuff he's noticed with the car. Now, Sarah, let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. If this happened to you and you lost four hours, you're driving and something like this, who do you tell or or do you tell anybody? I I don't think I would. <laughs> I don't like the idea of not being able to know what I've done for any length of time. I think it sounds absolutely terrifying. Um, and I don't drive as well. So the idea of that happening while you're behind, you know, the wheel of a car. No, no, I'm just, I'm just sitting on that information. I'm just going to always wonder for the rest of my life what happened for those four hours. Yeah, well, that's the thing is I think that, you know, people just sit on that for a long time and then, it just kind of, you know, snowballs into this something, you know, something bigger. And then they're always thinking about it. That's... So I think, you know, the aim of what she does is to find other people and just be like, look, I've had the same kind of stuff. There's not really anyone else we can share this with because of the nature of it. And it's, you know, by definition, unexplainable. There's no real, what can you do to try and prove this? You know, if this is, if this is happening to you regularly, like it was happening. I mean, I would have to tell somebody because I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to drive anymore. Like I'm done. Mm. Uh, I'm checked out for, you know what I mean? Like anything where you couldn't check out for four hours, which I argue <laughs> is most of life, to be honest. But yeah, so she authored a book with Kathleen. So she got in touch with Kathleen in Florida. So Kathleen lives in Florida as well. And between each other, they noticed all of these similarities between the stories that they both had or had had recounted to them and noticed that, you know, it, it fits this kind of blueprint because there is quite a set out blueprint for how abductions tend to go, which is even stranger. Like there's a sort of timeline to how things play out and how people feel about it. Um, and they noticed that it kind of fit this existing framework of abductions and decided to try and spread the word a bit more the stuff that really interested me though is there are obviously loads of theories about what could be the explanation behind this but <laughs> Denise's 
Denise's theory, the one that caught my eye is that she said, uh, there's been rumors for years that the Catholic Church has all the information needed about alien visits and that it's locked up in a vault in the Vatican. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> I was reading this article and I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds awful. That sounds, I can understand why she's done that. Yeah. And then chucked in this nugget about the, the Catholic Church and I was just like, okay, I'm lost again. Who knows what they're holding on down there? I mean, I don't know that they're just like, they know everything about alien experiences, but... What's, where's the connection there? That's, I don't know. Yeah. It, it seems it, so out of left field. It really does. It. I I, I kind of Googled here, her for a second here, and um, it's interesting because it said that she was the state section director and chief investigator for Florida M-U-F-O-N. So, yeah. Yeah, Buffon. Okay, I had never heard of it. So, Mutual UFO Network. I had to look it up since 1969. Yeah, she's so, quite up there in terms of the, the community. She's very well respected. Interesting. Yeah. What What's the MUFON thing? You, you know about that. I, I mean... It's, a, it's another, like, a UFO investigating organization. There are so many of them. <laughs> But no, there are so many organizations that are trying to are trying to band together and kind of bring resources into trying to figure out or investigate, you know, these sightings because the government response or the military response has never really been right. very good. Yeah. So it's there's a lot of organizations out there, civilian organizations, with people getting together to try and um, to try and investigate it. But yeah, Mufana is quite a famous one actually. So I guess that's who you would, if I see something, that's who you would report it to, maybe. Go to MUFOM, yeah. Yeah. Would you ever go, I, I'm on their site right now, would you, I know that, you know, you've, you've been doing the UFO stories for a little bit, would you ever go to, like, this This has a MUFON symposium, would you ever go to, like, a conference or something? that or they, one of the conventions. On? Honestly, I'd love to. I think it'd be so interesting. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be so interesting. I mean, I feel like you would walk away with like your mind's blown. Yes, absolutely. Because there's so many different ways you can approach uh, the topic as well. Like whether you believe, obviously they're extraterrestrial or not, it's just really interesting. And uh, there are so many unexplained accounts that people swear by. You know, this is their life and they just want to understand it a little more. And it's one of those fields that's constantly changing as well. So there's a big move at the moment for disclosure you know people lobbying the government to release yeah what they know um under like you know freedom of information requests it's a big movement at the moment because the the i'd say the biggest driving force behind the community is this idea that the u.s government somewhere along the line or the military they know something that's being covered up um it would be very strange to be in a room full of people who believe that though it starts rubbing off on on you as well like you'll start you picking up on what they're they're feeding and too so you do kind of have this room that just is like feeding off of each other or like a whole convention so then pushing to you know governments in general um you know to to release information and all this kind of did you see I, i'm sure that that you you saw like uh, we we may call them the little tic tac ufo out of jacksonville so that was out of florida and you know, that was a whole thing too, right? Where the U.S. government, you know, released these videos because they're military videos of these little the little UFOs or uh, UAPs. Uh, <laughs> or is that, did I say that right? Yeah, UAPs. Uh, um, and, and that is mind-blowing to me. Those videos are really interesting. Yeah, the government connection is is super interested because that's what I'm kind of interested at the moment is like I don't, I'm interested in the theories around UFOs. I don't know how much I believe in the possibility that they are extraterrestrial or anything like that. But the ways like the government interact with it or the military and how they will release things and then retract things or fund things and then quickly take the funding away is just, it's a really complicated, weird history that it has with the UFO community in general which I find fascinating. So for you, it's less of a question of these sightings are real and more so why are they being covered up? 
what the people experienced like I believe that they experienced what they described but I don't think the explanation is extraterrestrial but I believe there is an explanation we did this story um recently I don't remember the episode but of like an entire city who was experiencing time loss and they were sick sick and this happened in Florida you know I think like 100 years ago but like this whole little town kind of based near a river that people you know it's kind of like a lore they're like oh you don't want to go into those woods or you don't want to you know setting up a village on this uh, near this river near these woods is a bad idea but nobody really explained why um and so eventually this little village started to develop and um yeah it's episode 166 the the death fog what we called it but this this mysterious yellow fog started showing up people were getting super sick um so people died from it um and you know all these people had like um time loss too and so it was it was like a methane or like some kind of gas that was coming from phosphorus and so like we have a lot of phosphate in florida uh and like they they you know they mine phosphate and so that's kind of what it was stemming from. And it somehow had this weird thing where the weather was just right to like, I don't, I don't, it, it was crazy. Just like, but I, you know, it could be something like that where it's like environmental. You can't explain it like you're saying, but uh, that just kind of made me think of that one story where we had this, this, this fog and this, this whole city had this, the same symptoms. So they found out what the they found out what the sort of fog was in the end then and it just is like a neurological thing I take it that it was causing. It it was yeah, but it was like this weird weather pattern that caused like almost like this hot box of like weather that was like trapped in the explanation was kind of uh Wayne would know more about it, honestly. You have those kind of explanations that could explain some of these stories, but you know, like going back to Denise, if it's happening throughout her entire life can't always be the same thing i feel like it's probably a it's probably multiple things interacting with each other because yeah. one of the leading theories is is sleep paralysis it always comes back to sleep paralysis but as i right. mentioned this this like framework you have with abduction it tends to start the the same way and some of the hallmarks you have with like said people have this experience where it feels like they're on like an operating table and they're under mm. sort of medical examinations with figures around them. And these figures give off a very like ominous feeling. So they feel threatened, but like a right. quite a non-specific threat. But these are very typical symptoms of sleep paralysis. You know, specifically because you are lying down, you experience as mentioned, paralysis. So you can see things around you, but you will experience really strong um, hallucinations, or you can do, and typical things you will experience will be figures around you and this feeling of menace, this feeling of sort of being watched and this having this malevolent feeling but no sort of specific reason behind it. It all seems to sort of, in those specific ways, it allies too closely for me to think it's just a coincidence, you know? Yeah. But it still doesn't explain everything. So that no. would explain some of the reasons you might have it throughout your life. Because if you're prone to sleep paralysis, you do have it quite regularly. But it wouldn't explain why you would have experiences shared by multiple people. No. I, mean, I don't think you can have group shared, like sleep paralysis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that honestly is so terrifying. Yes. Uh, Even if I knew it was sleep paralysis, like this is just a medical thing that's happening to me, yeah, it wouldn't make it any better. Like that's still horrible. Because you you literally are helpless. I mean, mm -hmm. you can't do anything about it. And kind of stuck with your own thoughts. Can't move. Yeah. Oof, terrifying. Yeah. And I think this that. is just a thing that your brain does. Like it will just do that for no reason. Just does that sometimes. I can understand why people want a reason behind it. Um rather feel like someone wanted for some reason to be horrible to them instead of like no it's just your brain and it could do it at any point <laughs> right forever yeah. brain's attacking you. your brain hates you so much worse but yeah maybe some sort of like i said some kind of medical or scientific explanation especially when it comes to groups like the amount of things that could influence you to the point that you're 
your conscious recall or your memory building is impaired like the list is massive like what does the Vatican know specifically <laughs> I'm just so baffled because I'm like yeah military connection makes sense Vatican yeah well it, it's funny because like uh you know hundreds of years ago I mean our, right now it's us it's like yeah well the government's keeping stuff from us and back then it would have been hey the catholic church is keeping you know because they were like the, mm-hmm. the biggest governing body almost uh, it's not one of the theories i've heard before the idea that the catholic church has something to do with it so it's just nice to hear something a bit new i think <laughs> there you go <laughs> <laughs> let's um let's talk about some slightly lighter ones so that was a yeah that was an interesting florida-based lady who has had some horrifying abductions um but more recently i found there was some footage of a gent who had some strange orbs captured on his video doorbell so this is a very sort of 2020s things to happen to you um i love orbs have you ever seen any videos of orbs yeah i've seen videos yeah he's interviewed on it and he's like i don't know what it was ghosts ufos bugs maybe i'm like yes probably bugs mate (laughs) (laughs) this is in florida you said this is in florida this was in central florida it says palm coast a lot of bugs here but yeah it doesn't seem like out of the ordinary to record something on your camera at night because this was at night as well yeah and so i have one of those like the the um doorbell cameras i was going to ask you that actually (laughs) yeah so i have one of those and i so it'll alert my phone for like motion or like if it sees a person or something like that and i get motion ones sometimes and it straight up is just bugs i mean i'm not <laughs> saying that they I, like they look like orbs but yeah i mean those you know i have tons of videos of bugs flying around it so i would you know to that point i'd be like this guy would too you know you would be able to see like all right well i have tons of videos of bugs flying around but this is you know this is different for him to be like bugs, maybe it's like if you're looking at it, you kind of that's a cop out. Yeah. You know if it's bugs. If you've seen bugs on your camera before, you'd be like, "Oh, it's bugs." If you yeah. don't think it's bugs, then just say, "Oh, it's not bugs." I know, I know that. Um, yeah, it's like really hedging his bets. Um, I thought when you said about the motion detector, you're going to get like a motion alert, and then there'll just be nothing on it. That would that would oh, creep that, me out. Yeah, that would be weird. I did see my my neighbor's car get stolen in the middle of the night one time. That I woke up to the a bunch of police outside on our street and some kids like three 16 year old kids stole stole this guy's truck across the street uh he left the keys in it for some reason i don't know what he's thinking but uh yeah they they had to come get my footage because it was caught on my camera so it's interesting (laughs) nothing crazy's happened on it no no orbs or anything Mm, no orbs just bugs you know, which I, so I was on this MUFON site and uh, there's a spot on here where you can look at the last 20 reports. Um, and I, well, I was just kind of curious. I just kind of clicked on it and there's one in Florida from yesterday for, so it has a description from, it's from Largo, Florida, which is like an hour away from me. Four lights in the sky moving very slowly with a fifth light to the right of the four, must zoom into the sky part of the photo to see the lights. So I guess, I don't, I mean, it doesn't show a photo, but interesting. I mean, you know, we're, this is like real time. There's like five from this morning. There's a lot of orb stuff. There's a lot of orbs, yeah. But but then there's one in Virginia uh, that says six foot tall hooded being. There's also one that says boomerang craft, which that one I'm interested in because that, how do you explain, explain that shape? You know, rather than um, like, there's a bunch of like orb stuff and um, one of them just says identifying object question mark. I'm like, well, yeah, that's what it, <laughs> spelling out UFO, but, uh, and then there's a lot that are just lights, but this one says boomerang craft and that one I'm interested in because that, it's so specific of a shape. It's not the kind of shape that you think would appear in nature anywhere. Um, yeah. So those really get the imagination. Like when people see. This one, this one's interesting on the bottom. It says energy ball with tentacles. Yeah, I two, clocked that one. And then two weeks later, I saw a glowing green man. 
I like that we were on our way to Las Vegas for vacation. Like, yeah, that's literally the whole thing. <laughs> that was from Arizona. I feel like Arizona would be one that would be high up on that list, right? Man, I feel like I'm gonna like I need to bookmark this page. <laughs> go here every day. I mean, first thing in the morning, you refresh it and see what's yeah. coming up. I do wish that you know, because some of them are um, putting in like pictures and stuff like that, probably videos too. But I wish you could see that. It doesn't show. There's an attachment part, but it doesn't show what it is. Um, man, I wish you could see them. But this crazy, like, uh, let's see, 121,000. This mm-hmm. case number 121,203. That's a lot. I'm in it. I'm super in it. <laughs> Done now. They get us to get you. Yeah, it's interesting. And, and you know, I think a lot of people now in this day and age are like UFO. You mean they're like, oh, well, it could be a drone, which mm-hmm. I think there's a lot to that because there's it's, drones are all over the place and they, they really are in different shapes and things like that. Um, you know, I, I have a drone that we use for um, videos and stuff like that when we're making videos and we'll do like wedding videos and stuff like that. And a lot, we use drones quite a bit, but never flown it at night, never, you know, flown it where in the daytime you can see it. And it's obviously a drone, I feel like, but Mm -hmm. drones come in so many different shapes. Now we actually did a whole episode um, with a guy, his name is uh, Rupa Patel. We interviewed this guy from our hometown that started a, uh, a whole business called Voyager Industries that's all based on him solving problems with drones. Like he would build drones and invent drones that are um, helping with wildfires in California and checking energy lines and all this kind of stuff. And so he's literally building drones for these specific things. So I, I definitely think that's, I hear a lot of like, okay, well, UFOs, you know, well, a lot of them are drones now. I feel like there's more sightings because of drones. Mm-hmm. Have you like what what do you think about that? Yeah, I agree. Like um you hear a lot about like it used to be it'll be weather balloons. They'd be like, oh it's weather balloon. Um, oh, true. Now yeah. it's a lot of um like I said drones, but specific ones, like or there was a few sightings of Google's um balloons that they used to send out to reconnect places that have been hit by disasters. So a lot of people were viewing these weird balloons in the sky and it turns out yeah it's just it's kind of new ways of um helping people out in in need so it's quite nice in a way that a lot of these things not all of them I mean a lot of them turn out to just be like missile tests and stuff but at least some of them are just they're unexplained because they're sort of they're new technologies or things that aren't they're just being tested they aren't really out there in the mainstream yet which is quite nice and I I honestly think that people want something to be unexplained in their life it's in the name i mean ufo i mean unexplained and so people want that in their life where they don't want everything to make sense sometimes so when they do see something let's say you're at the beach at night and you see something uh in the sky and i I think that they want to like not give it too much thought and be like oh it's probably the military they're like, no, I saw a UFO. You know, I mean, I saw it and I'm not going to try to rationalize it. And then you have, you know, the other other people uh, that are always going to try to rationalize it and try to figure it out and all that and not really give it any thought. But some people really just, hey, I saw it. I don't know what it is. I don't, you know, they just kind of hold on to that that side of it, which I think is cool. It's just a natural thing to want. Like I said, whether it's UFO or if it's some sort of like spiritual thing, like a belief in the ghosts or like afterlife or stuff that you know is just beyond what we believe now or what contemporary science can explain i'd I'd argue it's like it's an aspect of faith really isn't it to just want to believe that there are things that you not everything is explainable to you like there may be answers out there but kind of being fine with the fact that you don't have them yeah and do you need them i love it you're like pumping me up right now on this I really want to go to one of these conventions. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'll meet you there. I'm, I'm like, when I started seeing like the symposium is a strong word for a convention, by the way. Uh, but uh, yeah, the MUFON symposium. And then you go and there's panels and talks about all of the like leading theories. It's 
it's super interesting. Um, yeah. I've got a couple more little silly ones for you. Um, oh. So this is another one. So now we're talking about um, video doorbells being a new avenue for people to have weird stuff captured. Um, so Google Street View. So there's so much weird stuff that people have captured on Google Street View. Obviously, just how it works is they take photos in bursts. So a lot of time things seem to like appear or they look kind of distorted, which is the way that the cameras are set up. Um, but there was a story in 2018 for a mysterious UFO seen floating above a Florida swamp. Uh, and it only appears in one specific angle. As if you sort of move around this, the little area at all, it, it freezes because it's only captured in that one bit. And right. um, it's gone straight away. So obviously the UFO theory would be, oh, yes, yeah, because it's it's moving so fast that it's it's gone by the time the next photo is taken. But mm -hmm. I, I wish I could show you the photo. I don't know if I can show you the photo. What is it? What is it? <laughs> Have you ever seen a butterfly? Yeah. It's a butterfly. Oh, no. Is it straight up just a butterfly? It's like half of a butterfly. It's like, oh look at a butterfly wing. Oh, yeah. That's a butterfly. Oh, that's straight up just a butterfly. You can see its wings. Like it's even got the wing shape. It's not like it's a butterfly, but... um. It's a strange shape. It's just like, it's just half of a butterfly. You can see the antenna. <laughs> <laughs> Unidentified flying objects spotted in Google Maps. There is some weird stuff and the way it's sort of like, the way it will cut things off halfway between like the picture being captured. Like there's some, definitely some creepy stuff. And if you look right. close enough, you're definitely going to find strange objects that seem to just, that look like UFOs. But that is just a butterfly. I love the fact that they're like, yeah, and then the next photo, it's just gone. <laughs> like, yeah, no, of course it's gone. Like, your next just photo is like a minute. Yeah, it's a minute away. I, I just Googled it real quick, and it, it's not just a photo. It's actually the Google Google Earth thing, you know, mm -hmm. Google Maps thing. Yeah. And I, you know how you can kind of look around everything? This is straight up in the middle of nowhere, too. Yeah. It is a it's a dirt road. I don't I mean I don't, I don't So someone anything. was looking for that for some reason. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. It's like how did you even find this? Maybe Gosh, they saw something okay. weird and then they went back and they're like, there it is. The butterfly. <laughs> that's what it was. That's so funny. I love that one. It was twelve foot tall. Yeah. <laughs> you could use that. I'd take that if you're like, I saw something weird. Um massive flapping wings um, <laughs> and you just describe a butterfly and be like wow mate that's really spooky man it, it, it you zoom in i mean you can yeah it's, it's straight up a butterfly i love that one that's so yeah. good the article i've got as well it's like you've got that and then the, underneath is just a picture of a butterfly in case you <laughs> don't know yeah. <laughs> nobody else like would you know even bring up a UFO. It's Florida. I mean, of course they're going to be like, I saw something. I think no. you could, I said Google Maps is if you're looking for weird stuff in the sky, if you look long enough, you're going to, you're going to find stuff. I imagine that would be quite, yeah. you know, that's a rich un, untapped well of potential UFO pictures there. So one last Florida specific thing, um, very quickly. Okay. So there was a Florida insurance company that until very recently was offering UFO abduction insurance. So they tried to, um, when the whole raid on Area 51 thing was a big deal, they started offering these policies and people started paying attention around this, around this time with the raid on Area 51. And again, like this massive upswing in like, let's get this information from the government, the disco disclosure movement and stuff like that. Um, but it's very clearly a joke thing, I would like to point out. Like, they made a decent <laughs> amount of money off of it. Absolutely fair play. Um, because to to claim on it, in order to actually get your payout, mm -hmm. if you've been abducted, you have to send them a form, and in order 
to have this form properly filled out, you have to basically have it co-signed by one of the aliens who abducted you. I did a story on this too, actually. When did this you? came out. Yeah, it was like a Florida man, a Florida man story, but I forgot like the details of it. But yeah, that's so funny. I you love have that. To have it co-signed. You're like, um, before I go, before you plonk me back down in the road in the middle of nowhere, can I get you just to fill this out for me? I think there's also something about like the alien had to alien had to refer to the abductee as like white meat or something like crazy like that. There's like you need um you need a tag number. So it's like you need to show that you have been oh my God. tagged by the UFO. Like it's part of a a, a bigger effort i guess like you're part of a research thing i don't know <laughs> what if they just abduct you for fun yeah just like you know just they're just messing around that weekend it's all good yeah you don't get that one this is specifically if you're part of an unwilling p- participant in like a, a ufo testing regime or something <laughs> if you manage to get them to pay out and apparently they have had they have paid out to two people two claims since they began offering it in 1987 the policy is um 10 million dollars um but you get one dollar per year for the next 10 million years oh god <laughs> that's so funny so it's just like i yeah obviously a joke i somebody having fun it's great i love that but like <laughs> i i want to know who these two people are that they've paid out to but i mean all right, I have some small bits of world news for you. Oh, cool. um, uh, so I, the weird thing is, so I know we've been talking about how there's so many new avenues to spot UFOs, and like there clearly are an awful lot of UFO sightings that are being reported at the moment, but there was a weird decline in UFO sightings, specifically between the years 2014 and 2018, for whatever reason so it was reported by yeah people like MUFON like their the amount of reports they were getting were dropping by like 50 percent year on year they're absolutely tanking for this specific period between 2014 and 2018 for some reason just just globally yeah just everywhere interesting across the board so around this time things like having smartphones was really starting to take off Mm-hmm. So you would think, of course, that there would be more footage yeah. or more clear footage. But some people are saying, you know, it's the lack of clear footage that maybe turns some people away from the field entirely. Because very early on, it was like, well, there's not a lot of pictures because not everyone has access to cameras. You're not just right. going to be out looking at the sky with your camera. Like the people who are taking photos were like astronomers because they were already looking at the sky so they're likely to see stuff so they're thinking around this time um the very fact that the evidence was so thin on the ground might have meant that the sort of interest in the subject overall may have dipped a little bit but then you obviously like i said it's 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 kind of gone back up to where it was now so it, it was just a weird little a weird little blip and now like i said there's different there's all manner of ways of potentially capturing pictures and images now, like we're saying, like the street view, like the video doorbells and like dash yeah. cams and CCTV. All these sort of methods of like passive recording means that there, there seems to be way more avenues to potentially see the kind of evidence that we're looking for, like actual videos, actual photos. But yeah, for some reason, that little... It was a couple of years of time. It was like a weird little dead spot in the UFO community, which is really weird. Yeah, because like you said, you would think that it would go up just because even at that time, yeah, 2014, I mean, everybody's using iPhones and stuff. And like, mm-hmm. you think even if it's like, even if you don't get a lot of really good footage, you, you would still something. get more footage because there's just more people taking footage and more people are sharing this information. You know, social media is a very big thing in the ways that it wasn't, you know, even right. a few years beforehand. So maybe it just wasn't cool to talk about it back then. Maybe. I mean, <laughs> maybe there weren't any good films out about it. Like, yeah, that's true. Nobody's talking about it. I do feel like whenever the Navy, I think it was the Navy declassified that, um, that little Tic Tac videos, mm-hmm. I feel like there's a spike there because of, because of stuff like that, where people that was all over the news and all, all over social media and stuff like that. 
you know, I think naturally there's going to be a spike when you have something like that, especially coming from the government. And definitely speaking like government now is when they keep putting out statements that seem to like, without saying 100%, oh, there's not really any UFOs, they keep putting out statements being like, well, you know, we don't see any evidence for it. And more and more people are turning towards the idea we're talking about previously that the US government has something to hide. Mm-hmm. You know, the more you say, oh, no, there's nothing there. It's a very complicated web. <laughs> Trouble with UFOs is like there's, it's very hard to prove any of it. It's also very hard to disprove any of it because there's always going to be stuff that is unexplained, whether it's just by like we can't explain it with the science we have now because like I said it might be a weather pattern or something scientific that we, we just don't understand right now but is explainable. Or there's just not enough information. Like you've got an an image on its own. That's not always going to be enough information to give an explanation. Like it doesn't mean it's not there. Turn recently has been towards this sort of distrust of the the government. And you've had more and more people come out supposedly from the government. Like there was a recent ex-Pentagon whistleblower coming forward saying that there has been a program to investigate UAPs for a long time and that there is a there's a truth that is being sort of hidden from the world at large. That's just a tease. You can always say that. Like, the government is going to keep secrets. It's kind of... It has to. <laughs> yeah, but just, just don't tell us about it, though. Like, if you're going to keep it a secret, don't talk about it. Yeah, it's a weird one because it's like... On the one hand, this guy is supposedly bound by, like, a a lifelong NDA, but if you're telling us that there's a secret being kept, but you just don't tell what the secret is, like surely, surely there's a, that can't be, that can't be how it works. But yeah, that's how it's looking at the moment. I don't know, but I'm going to finish off with just a couple of really quick ones, which um, I found. So we've got some things that are definitely not UFOs. So these were, they were UFOs, but then they were explained. So we've got UFO turns out to be a spotlight on a tree felling machine. <laughs> I, I, I guess I have seen those big ones that are like, they like grab a tree and like cut it off and all that kind of stuff. So you yeah, said so a spotlight? I think it, yeah, it's just a spotlight. So I think like the large sort of craney arm bit on the yeah. uh, tree felling machine, it was just a, it was just a light on there. So mm. that was a nice one. Um, then we've got New Jersey UFO sighting turns out to be the Goodyear blimp. Of course. See, I, I'm not American. I know what the Goodyear blimp looks like. I'd know what it, I'd know if I saw it in the sky. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like everybody kind of knows that or even like the shape of it, but I guess depending on how high up it goes, I don't think it goes that high. I feel like it's the whole point of that Goodyear blimp is to be seen. Yeah, it's advertisement. So it's an advertisement. Yeah, so you're going to be able to read Goodyear on the side of it. Now, why is there a UFO and why does it say Goodyear on it? <laughs> you're telling me to have a good year? No. <laughs> what are they saying to us? This is a message. It's a message from above. <laughs> I'm not having a good year. The last one I've got is ball of light in the sky turns out to be ball lightning. Oh wow. Yeah, ball lightning's super weird because, like, you kind of understand what it looks like, but the explanation of, like, how it's actually formed, we still don't really know. It's still kind of on the fringes of scientific explanation. But ball lightning, people use this as, like, (laughs) as an explanation for so many things. But from what I've seen, it's like, you imagine lightning, but mm-hmm. it's sort of centered around some sort of like electromagnetic center that it generates itself somehow. So it's like a ball of magnetic light lightning that sort of eventually burns itself out in the sky, which would that, be terrifying. That's way more frightening than a UFO. Yeah, because like this can just happen. Like it just forms under certain certain conditions um, in lightning storms. Yeah. But like that's still just it's a scientific reaction. That's something that can just happen for, you know. I'm looking at some of the pictures and it's like crazy. There's one of, um, of it on like a train track. 
Yeah, it looks it like looks terrifying. Yeah, it's, that's terrible. Yeah, so I could one hundred percent if you just see like a ball of like blue light, like lightning. Of course, you're gonna be freaked out, and then you know that one. That one's crazy. I think that's scarier as well than like it just being a craft because like that's just a ball of electricity. Yeah. And like and it's, it's and unpredictable. Unpredictable, moves really really strangely so it can it will, it can either stay there or it can dart about and like makes really fantastic like turns, like sudden turns. Wow. So that could yeah, that could definitely be an explanation for some of the weirder like crafts people see of things seeming to turn in midair, but the explanation of just like, oh, well, it's not a it's not a ship or some military thing that we were testing. It's a literal ball of lightning. You're just like, oh, that's great. That's fine. I have a new fear. <laughs> new oh, fear, Mark, ball of lightning. Yeah, this, like, the, the photos look just crazy. I mean, it's yeah. cool, though. Like, it's, uh, it's really interesting, but... But it's still kind of unexplained, so it doesn't really... It's like you're closer to an explanation, but we still don't really know why it forms or anything like that. So, and I would I would assume it's still pretty rare. Yeah, we don't really know a huge amount about it. I think they they managed to sort of create something similar to it in a lab, but yeah, apparently, you know, it can if this thing can get to several feet wide and just hovers above you, like I can't think of, I can't think of anything scarier right now. <laughs> <laughs> New fear ball lightning. Yeah. You wake up at the side of the road. Your car uh, zodometer stopped oh, outside your window. Ball lightning. Gosh, I yeah, and that would probably wipe your memory for sure. <laughs> there we go. We just explained. That's wrapping up this whole thing with the yeah. explicit mission for uh, Denise. I think we've done a good turn today. Like. <laughs> <laughs> just looking at some weird uh, UFO stories. Yeah, I love it. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Sorry I'm so uh, low energy. I appreciate you having me on. It's good to talk about weird uh, weird unexplained stories because there's, there's so many of them. It's it's great. And there's so many, like, really specific ones. Like, I really like that you have, uh, you know, very local stories. Like, like I said, really local, like, cryptid stuff that's, very specific to your area it's nice that everyone kind of has this weird shared mythology even if it's uh it's all it's kind of everywhere and i, and I like when people can just talk about it and you know keep it for what it is right keep it unexplained and not get super serious and then some people get really offended very very easily if not not even if you try i mean honestly some people get offended if you try to explain um you know what they saw and you know which and i i understand people getting uh you know offended or kind of hurt if you uh kind of write off what they saw and tell them oh you didn't see that there's no way you saw that you know i imagine a lot of it is that yeah they're used to sort of being dismissed of just like oh it's crazy you know you didn't you don't know what you saw it's just a your mind playing tricks or whatever yeah, but if you can take it for what it is and unexplained and unidentified and just talk about it and have a good time with it, I feel like it's always... Because it's always interesting. It's like it doesn't matter if it's objectively true. It's still part of, like, you know, the human experience at the very basic level, so... Yeah, it's, it's true to whoever experienced it, so... Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I've had a great time talking about some uh, weird UFO stories. Um <laughs> Well, thank you so much for talking with me today. Um, it's been great. Like I said, it's nice to have a outside perspective, especially on the Florida-based yeah. stuff. Uh, so if you want to, what's coming up on your podcast in the next couple of weeks? Um, let's see. So we, uh, I forget what this week is. Oh, yeah, the Thomas Edison thing um, oh, yeah. is coming out this, this Wednesday. So we release every Wednesday. Um, and then, so we actually started doing um, our episodes in Spanish as well. Uh, so we have so many, you know, kind of Spanish speaking, um, people in Florida, especially South Florida. And so we decided to bring on a, another host that 
Her name is Alina Francine, and she, she, you know, hosts the Spanish version of our show. And so she really kind of sticks to the the story aspect of, you know, our show, uh, Wayne's kind of portion. And so she translates that and, and does that. And that's been awesome. So we actually um, have that coming out tomorrow, our sixth episode in Spanish. And so we've been doing that. We've been doing, you know, the social stuff. So we, we stay busy. We, you know, we release every Wednesday, but then we'll also release um, usually at, at least two, probably three bonuses throughout the the month as well. Um, always something going on and just have fun with it and enjoy, enjoy what we do. Uh, yeah. And so you can find that like, uh, anywhere on Florida men on Florida man podcast, uh, you, you know, on Apple or Spotify or anything like that. But, um, our, our socials are the same thing on Instagram and Twitter and, Facebook and all that kind of stuff. Florida Men on Florida Man podcast or FMOFM podcast. Can highly recommend the podcast is amazing. So, uh, I mean, you could carry on doing this for the end of time. And I think you would yeah. constantly replenishing weird uh, Florida Man stories. So that's what's exactly. nice. <laughs> Every week there's something new. Thank you for joining me for this very special episode with Cameron from Florida Men on Florida Man. If you like the sound of their podcast, I'd highly recommend it. It is very good fun. Um, if you like this and want a little bit more, stick around. I have a little bonus episode where we go on a little bit of a tangent and we talk about local cryptids that are local to us. So if you like the sound of that, keep an eye out for a bonus episode coming very soon.